a great example of something that you know we're we're leveraging a touchnet solution to simplify payment processes that that were painful in many ways because we were relying on paper checks. Welcome to Focus, a podcast dedicated to the business of higher education. I'm your host Heather Richmond, and we will be exploring the challenges and opportunities facing today's higher learning institutions. Today I caught up with Georgetown University's Rico Morea about their transition from paper checks and processes to digital payments. Hi Rico, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, great to be here, Heather. Well, you know, I have known you for my whole career here at TouchNet, but can you share your background at Georgetown with all of our audience? Absolutely. So I started at Georgetown as a temp worker um, in the Office of Student Accounts and um, quickly started working on systems projects and implementation, which included a new TouchNet implementation, TouchNet Bill Plus Payment, TouchNet Cashiering, and of course, TouchNet Payment Gateway. Um, and from there, I became the director of the Department of Billing and Payment Services, um, and which includes student accounts. And then we expanded our scope to be the Office of Revenue and Receivables. Mm -hmm. um, and I was made senior director of that unit. And most recently, I've incorporated responsibility for um, a wide variety of payment systems, non-credit student systems, and finally, accounts payable. Um, and recently promoted to assistant vice president for revenue receivables and payables. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like uh, you have a lot under your belt now for sure, don't you? Yep. There is a lot going on always. <laughs> well, and I'd say especially over the last couple of years, uh, you've had to make a lot of transitions and changes and, you know, like a lot of universities really being forced to conduct the, your, your business remotely. But really, that created some opportunities on your campus. So can you talk a little bit about maybe what you had to do in the thick of it all, but what actually has become an opportunity that you're going to keep going forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the pandemic, first and foremost, highlighted the issues with receiving and issuing paper checks. Um, you know, that is something that requires physical hands Right. in physical locations to physically perform the work of um, receiving opening envelopes um, and even with remote deposits scanning that check through a micro scanner right mm -hmm. and these are the kinds of tasks that nobody wanted to be doing in the middle of a pandemic right. um, unfortunately they still had to be done um, but it gave us the opportunity to really push towards electronic payment methods as the solution, right? right. Uh, we were able to leverage a, a couple of different solutions from TouchNet to, to really minimize the number of paper checks that we were handling. Um, so for example, um, TouchNet Marketplace, both, with both in terms of you stores and you pay, um, allowed us to prop up uh, payment acceptance websites, right, for a variety of different use cases across campus. Um, you know, there were uh, recently graduated students that were still eligible to pay for student health insurance, for example. Um, and these 
they're not students anymore, though, so we're not billing them. Right. Um, so we needed to find a way to, you know, facilitate payment from the, these people that we were calling students, but were no longer students. Um, and we decided that the right method was a was a TouchNet U store. Um, uh, campus organizations in student affairs um, also had a rough transition as before the pandemic, they were used to doing a lot of student um, fundraising, student group uh, payment kind of acceptance in right. person via cash or via check. Um, and the pandemic really highlighted the need for the, their ability to organize student groups electronically. And they partnered with a software company called Campus Groups, which thankfully is a TouchNet Ready partner. And so we were able to hook Campus Groups right into a marketplace UPay site. Um, and they were able to transition all of their student groups to accepting payment for their various fundraisers, um, you know, things that they, the groups were selling um, to happen via campus groups and through a TouchNet marketplace UPay site. Um, so we were able to significantly cut down on checks and cash receipts that way. Right. Um, so it was, it was all um, really fraught at the time, as anybody <laughs> going through this pandemic knows, for a lot of different reasons. Right. Um, but it led to some really important improvements that you know will carry us past um, that carry through past the pandemic and into you know what we're I think most campuses are experiencing now is well we're back mostly in person. Um, but electronic payment is so much more efficient um, and so much easier for um, not only the backend staff members, right? Right. but for the people that are trying to make payments, whether they're students in your student group, students that have graduated and need health insurance. Right? Um, one uh, use case that we're developing right now, um, as I've transitioned into being responsible for payables is um, repayment of personal expenses charged to a uh, university procurement card, oh, okay. um, right? Un until now, the method for, you know, an accidental expense charge, personal expense charge to a university procurement card was all you need to write the university a check and deposit it at the cashier's office, okay. right? Uh, and there are so many employees now that are remote or largely remote, right? And um, luckily this doesn't happen too often, sure. but when it does, it's painful, right? Um, particularly for a remote employee to be told, well, oh yeah, I accidentally charged this thing and I'm trying to make things right with the university, but in order to do that, I need to write a paper check and figure out how to how to get it to your cashier's office at a campus that maybe I've never even been to because I was hired as a remote employee in your advancement unit working out of New York. Oh, right. right. Yeah. That's really so, interesting. So how do they do that then? Do you have them go through and, and make the payment through a, a UPay or UStore site? Yeah, I mean, we haven't actually developed it yet, but it seems pretty um, 
pretty simple from our initial investigations that we'll set up a, a use store, right. right, to accept, you know, payment for reimbursement of a um, university pro card um, expense that was a, a personal expense, right? And yeah, we at Georgetown University partnered with you guys uh, several years back to develop a, a native integration between marketplace and workday finance. Um, so, so thankfully, right, we when those payments come through, they can automatically post to our finance system. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can reallocate it to the right place from there, um, rather than, you know, the, the simplest method of electronic payment is, well, the payment's in your bank account, but now you have to figure out, um, how to get it into your financial system. Right. right? And, yeah. and we, we even have step two solved for there. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not deployed, but it's a, it's a great example of something that, you know, we're, we're leveraging a TouchNet solution um, to, to simplify payment processes yeah. that, that were painful in many ways um, because we were relying on paper checks. Yeah, I think that's a really good use case, and and I bet a lot of schools are have that same challenge. And, and it's it's interesting that you use that example because that actually um, happened to me recently with our corporate card. And you know, you just have things saved, and then you you go to make a purchase, and it pulls from the, your your default card, and it's like, oh no, not that one. And we were in the same predicament, like, how do I get the money back over just to pay the card <laughs> uh, without writing a check? <laughs> so this is absolutely yeah. use case that is not unique to Georgetown for sure. So I think that's a really great solution that you've come up with there. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, I will I will certainly let you know when it's up and running and, um, and if TouchNet can uh, deliver us any more functionality that will make it even easier. Um, but for right now, I think you, that the TouchNet use store has been a, a real boon for us in being able to quickly and easily prop up a, a payment solution um, for online payment for a variety of things, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and with that integration directly into our uh, finance system on the back end, we, we don't even have to look at the bank statement. We know that that is going to show up in our financial system and um, you know, we can reallocate the expense from there if needed. Yeah, that's great. I was going to ask you about that because I know you were both an early adopter of Workday Finance through Workday, but also early adopter on our side of being able to have that integration. So I know you talked a little bit already about that integration, but from a, you know, if you may maybe just talk about from a reconciliation perspective, how that's really eased um, some of your processes? Yeah, um, I, I won't lie to you, Heather. It, it hasn't necessarily eased our reconciliation okay. yet um, because, <laughs> uh, you know, in, in order to, to ease reconciliation and to, to really, you know, um, make things simpler, we, we have a lot of work to do in driving, you know, the, the majority of the payments to be to occur through TouchNet use stores or a similar solution right. that automatically posts to finance, right? Mm -hmm. um, right now, you know, where as as we deploy use stores, you pay sites and, and um, other kinds of solutions that automatically post things to our finance system, we, we you know, are in a position where there's 
um, some activity in the bank account that's automatically posting to the bank account and some of activity in the bank account that still needs to be reviewed and posted manually, okay. right? Um, and, you know, you, you, you don't get to the point where reconciliation is simple until all of the activity is predictable and automatic, right? Right. Um, but, but we're on the way there, right? I mean, you, you have to have some of the activity posted automatically before you can have all of the activity posted automatically. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you yeah, know, we're, we're certainly looking towards a future where, you know, our, all of the activity in our bank account gets posted automatically because we have these, these kinds of integrations, you know, um, like the ones that we have with TouchNet U stores, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're working with, with you guys and hoping that, you know, eventually you're able to deliver something where um, workday customer payments through a customer portal are are received through a UPay site and posted automatically, right? Right. Um, that's uh, um, and you know, you guys have been great partners with us in terms of you know delivering that first workday integration, right? And yeah. um, so so we're. Um, really hopeful and excited about a future where we have even more um, workday integrations to to work with um, your solutions on a broader scale, right? Um, yep. And you guys obviously have so many different uh, financial systems that you're trying to work through, right? I yeah. mean, we know that you you integrate well with. Uh, Banner by Elucian ERPs, both on the student side. We um, obviously have lots of activity that flows that way, sure. and that works incredibly well, right? Um, so we're sensitive to the fact that um, in integrations of various sorts have to um, get delivered iteratively, right? right. Yeah, but it definitely, you know, shows the the importance, I'll say, right, of really unifying and bringing everything into that central system. So, like you said, for you guys, you have it from the student side, and now all these different storefronts and all coming into a single place is going to help in that path to, to reconciliation being easier day by day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know another thing that kind of happened during all this time frame, too, um, was there were some regulatory changes, and most recently, um, ACH validation from NACHA. Uh, and I know that you made some transitions to, to really accommodate that. So do you want to talk a little bit about that transition? Yeah. Um, so we, we're really thankful for having TouchNet as a partner because um, not only did you kind of alert us to the fact that we needed to be uh, – compliant with this notch of regulation, yeah. but and then delivered us a, a solution that was pretty cost effective um, and pretty easily integrated in order to be compliant with that regulation. Um, so, um, and, you know, credit to NACHA too for developing a regulation right. that made a lot of sense for, you know, um, that making payments more streamlined for all parties involved, right? Um, for, you know, uh, this is a great example of policy working from the top down, right? Mm -hmm. That not, not just said, well, we seem to have a lot of problems with um, invalid bank accounts, right? 
uh, being submitted through through web-based solutions for capturing ACH payments, right? So we're going to make a rule that says now you have to validate them, right? And then technology companies um, started developing to, you know, uh, satisfy that rule and, um, you know, to be able to, you know, work with different banks to to make sure that, you know, uh, front end entered bank account number is actually a valid bank account number, Um, you know, and, and that serves... You know the people that are trying to make payments, or in this case, also using that same payment profile to get a refund, right? To make right. sure that they're putting in a valid bank account number, because that's the, the most frequent problem is that someone fat fingers their account number, exactly. right? Um, and there's only so much that you can do with, you know, well, enter the account number twice. Well, but if you're looking at something where you wrote down your account number wrong in the <laughs> first place, then you can enter it twice, but you're still entering the wrong account number exactly. twice, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, having this validation tool pushed by the regulation and then developed by TouchNet and its technology partners and easily integrated with, you know, uh, particularly the bill plus payment front end for um, payment profile and refund profile creation, um, you know, has, is a great service to our students who, you know, are, you know, it doesn't happen that often, but the ones that get a notice that are like your bank account, your bank transfer payment failed because you gave us an invalid bank account. Um, You know, that's, certainly not pleasant for the those students and parents right um and and, you know usually we're as clueless as they are we say well we don't know you you're the one that put in the (laughs) bank account information you you need to figure it out with your bank and and correct it right um and being able to kind of validate that up front and you know prevent them from you know submitting invalid bank information prevents um it gives gets them to give us good information and, you know, they get their payment submitted without hiccups of invalid bank accounts. And we, we don't have to deal with the back and forth after the fact when we get an invalid bank account. Yeah. saying they, they probably don't mind as much if they happen to have the wrong account number for a payment and it delays the payment, but they really care if they put the wrong number in and they don't get their <laughs> refund fast, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that certainly. Although, you know, it's, You'd be surprised. You, uh, particularly, parents are get really frustrated sometimes um, when you know they they want to have made their payment. They want to have cleared sure. their balance for the semester, and you know, having to send an email um, that says, "Hey, you gave us the wrong account number, and so that payment didn't go through, and now you have to start again." Um, yeah. And your account balance is not cleared, right? And mm-hmm. and we're pretty generous at Georgetown, right? We don't kick anybody out of classes for failing to pay in on time in a semester. Um, and, but you know, a lot of parents don't know that, right? Um, so so they get a notice that a, a payment has failed. And they start freaking out, you know, like, oh, my God, are you going to drop my student from classes? Are you going to kick them off campus? And, you know, and then we have to we have to write the email or have the phone conversation that says, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Right. Um, 
Um, but all of that anxiety and all of that backend communication can could have been avoided if you know we had a front end solution that said, I uh, you didn't put that in right. That's right. not an actual bank account that exists. And now we have that. Um, thanks to Nacha and thanks to you guys. So um, it's a big step forward. That's awesome. Yeah, you kind of think about ACA's validation really being more beneficial in the back end, but I can absolutely see how that helps to really ease the mind, too, of the parent or student making that payment that it really did go through because you, you do want to make your payments on time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, it sounds like, you know, you've really, you know, cleaned up quite a bit of the last couple of years from, you know, ACH payments to all of the different transitions of paper uh, check processes and converting those over into use stores. So how has all of this really impacted the business office? Um, in in ways that are both positive and overwhelming, right? Sure. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, the, the more that we deploy electronic solutions, the more that we have, you know, different units hear about us being able to b- deploy electronic solutions and want more of them, um, which right. is great, um, you know. Um, but it, it, it also is more work every time that we have, we have a use case delivered to us that says we need to deploy a new use store. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and not every, uh, you know, use case that we get sent by a department is something that's an amenable to use stores, right? Um, sometimes we have to suggest something different, um, you know, or sometimes we have to say, you know what, this is, there are so few payments that you're taking that we, it doesn't justify the overhead of having a use store, okay. right? Yeah. Um, right. So, um, because there is overhead, you know, every, right. every use store that you set up, right? Um, and, and thankfully, that, that threshold for overhead is so much lower with, with use stores than it was, you know, without a tool like that, where, it, you know, it's um, the, the process for setting up a new payment facility is, you know, um, in a best case scenario, a day or two. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't need the IT department to help us. Right. Um, that really becomes key to a lot of schools. I think being able to have that ownership and not be put, you know, on a list to, to, to get to them when when I know they have a lot of stuff on their plate right now, especially and and, and being able to just kind of do it yourself and stand up a storefront um, without IT assistance has been really beneficial to to a lot of schools. Exactly. And I think, too, from a compliance standpoint. Right. I mean, didn't you, you know, really having everything unified within marketplace helps you from a PCI position too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, certainly it's, uh, it's something that we are driving towards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, TouchNet and, uh, you know, pay, payment software companies like TouchNet are experts at, you know, keeping data secure, right? And, you know, universities like Georgetown University are are less so, and we'd love to be able to outsource that to you. Um, <laughs> and so, um, you know, it, when before TouchNet use stores, right, there were a lot of units that wanted to take credit card payments, but the, the, they, they didn't know how to collect that information, right? right. Um, you know, particularly with remote payments, it was like, well, we can get you a Clover device provided by our bank account by our bank rep 
and then you can we can set up a uh, plain old telephone service fax line for oh, people okay. to fax in their credit card information, which is pain, painful for the person trying to make a payment. It's painful for the back end office. And then you sure. have to have all sorts of mitigation efforts to, to make sure that you're not storing that credit card information, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, being able to outsource PCI compliance in, in large part to you guys is. Um, it is a big help. Now, of course, we still have our PCI compliance obligations, sure. um, but we we don't run anything over the Georgetown network, right? And right. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, someone from IT said, we're going through our cybersecurity in insurance review, and they want to know how much credit card information we store. And I said, well, we don't store any of it. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we we certainly process a lot of of credit card information, but it's all through um, third party partners, primarily TouchNet. That you know, um, it, you know, uh, you guys do the heavy lifting in terms of PCI security. Yeah. Um, and, and we're able to kind of point to your SOC 1s and SOC 2s and um, and say, well, they've got it. And we have these management considerations, but otherwise they've got it. It's not on our network. So. Yeah. It's nice when you're asked a question like that. You don't have to go try to find a report and go, I know the answer. It's zero. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's great, Rico. Well, I, it sounds like, you know, again, you've been able to make you know, a lot of changes that may seem small, um, but really have had some big impact, you know, for, you know, not just your constituents who are trying to make payments and refunds, but also, you know, your business office personnel. And so any any um, advice would you say to, to our listeners on how to really continue improving your processes and that and that experience? Hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that the first thing is to keep on looking for those stacks of paper checks that are coming through your cashier's office right right um and, and you know then have follow-up conversations with uh the units that are bringing you those stacks of paper checks and say hey is, is there a way for us to to do this better for you um that's that's something that we are are working on a continuous basis is trying to identify where we're getting those stacks of checks and um, and then figuring out who's bringing them to us and having a conversation with the those business owners to to say hey I, I see that you know every week you bring us 50 checks or yeah. maybe it's not every week right and this is where it gets m more complicated and you have to be constantly vigilant but maybe it's you know the once a year event where you get 500 checks right. or, or even 100 checks right um, and you keep an eye out for that and you say hey I saw that you brought us 100 checks what did you what was that about yeah. right and, um, and it could be a variety of things right um, and, and again not all of them are going to be amenable to an electronic payment solution, but a lot of them are, right? Sure. And a lot of the, a lot of these folks will say, "Oh, say, oh my God, I didn't know that you could do it this way." Exactly. Oh, I, I would have gotten gotten in touch with you a lot earlier. Um, and um, and so they're thankful, right? And but particularly, you know, it's 
um, it's important to keep uh, front and center the experience of the person that's paying right. uh, initially, right? Um, you know, we, we we as back office personnel often get lost in okay, what's inefficient about what we're doing and where it's causing pain points for our staff and for our reconciliation. Um, but you know, um, primarily we 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 ought to continue to be focused on you know where are things inefficient for that front end user yes um who who wants to send us a payment for something <laughs> and we're ma- we're making it difficult for them right right and and something that should take 30 seconds is taking them you know 5 minutes um right. you know uh, and in the worst case scenario because it it's something that they see takes 5 minutes instead of 30 seconds they don't send us the payment right, right? um and in the best case scenario, they're frustrated, right? And for spending the extra four and a half minutes mm-hmm. submitting uh, submitting a payment to us, right? And um, you know, they, they they have a slightly lower opinion of Georgetown University, yeah, right? Um, and those four and a half minutes, you know, accumulate across sure. all the different payers that you're asking to pay. Um, so that's, that's the thing that I, I would advise everybody at at different universities and other organizations to keep front and center is what's the experience of the person that's trying to pay me. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think, you know, we've definitely seen that shift of let's pay attention to the student experience, constituent experience, really that front end. And, and ultimately at the end of the day, when you make that better, it really is going to be better for your staff, too, because they're not going to take those cranky phone calls. They're not going to get the what's going on and doing that research, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, great advice, Rico. Thanks so much. You know, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and hear all the cool stuff that Georgetown is doing. So thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Heather. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Focus. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the business of higher education. For more information, check us out at touchnet.com.